Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Episode 3. Hundred. How to say no to family and friends who want you to spend. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. Welcome to the 300th episode of Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we're saving our special, like, I know normally podcasts will do something special on their, like, you know, every 100th episode, but we're saving... not us. (laughs) We're saving that for our fifth anniversary episode, which is coming out in, like, two weeks. So don't worry. It's coming. But this is episode 300, and we will be ogling at that. The fact that we've talked about frugality for over 300 hours um, together. So we've looked at then that means like 600 articles about frugality. We have scoured the internet for you and brought it to you in the form of 300 episodes. We're still here. And we're still here. And we still have more to give. We still have more to give. (laughs) If you want to take it, then we're here for the given. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of 300, it's our sponsor. And to celebrate, we're reminding everyone that none of us will live to be 300 years old. So Starting it off with a downer. (laughs) Yep. If you own a home or have kids, term life insurance is a necessity. It's super affordable. And you if you go with ladder, which is our personal fave, you can change it to be more or less as your needs change. Ladder is the only company in the insurance space that offers this kind of flexibility, and it can save you thousands. If you don't have term life insurance, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ladder to get a quote, see how much you can save over time. Because 300 is a number you're not going to see on your birthday cake. You are not. You're never going to get a cake with 300 candles for turning 300. You might see a cake (laughs) with 300 candles for any other reason. (laughs) But it's not going to be because you turned 300. Like if you're a podcaster and and you did 300 episodes, someone might put a cake with 300 candles on it. Oh, my gosh. Inedible. It would be. We inedible. haven't thought about a celebration. We'll Ugh. talk about that later. 
Okay. But yes, also ladder does not pay us to say that. But if you do choose to go with ladder for your term life insurance at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ladder, we do get a small commission. So that is, we do, ladder is our actual favorite right now for term life insurance. All right. So today we are talking about boundaries because after 300 (laughs) episodes, the lines have blurred between our relationship, Jill. And I just think it's time to talk about boundaries. Oh, wow. (laughs) This is how you're going to choose to tell me no. This is an intervention. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're all here for it. (laughs) Didn't know that until we pressed record. But, you know, I'm all about boundaries. So let's do it. I think we can handle it. Our friendship can withstand this. Yeah. After five years, I think we're there. But in all honesty, today is more about, I would say, boundaries with family because that is really who can get you to spend. But some of us interact with our friends more than our family. It's just seasons in life, right? In your 20s, I think you interact more with friends and they can be the ones that get you to spend more. And then once you're into your 30s, 40s, beyond, sometimes it can be family. So we're going to talk about both of those, how to build boundaries in kindness that still acknowledge reality, but (laughs) that take a little stress off your plate. Yeah, with the ability to say no. This article, we're just going to go through one article today, and it is titled How to Say No to Others and Why You Shouldn't Feel Guilty. But we're going to go through it in two parts. The first kind of looking at why is it so hard to say no, why it's important, and then the next part giving some more tangible tools and how to do so. One of the things that stood out to me, though, about this article is it's covering the entire gamut of boundaries and the ability to say no. So this is just a helpful topic and article when it comes to identifying our own personal needs, how to navigate ourselves in the world and in other relationships and what is and isn't okay. But it is certainly helpful and beneficial when it comes to finances, because this can be one of the number one areas where it's particularly difficult to set a boundary line because not only is it difficult to say no, it's also difficult to talk about money with family and friends. So we're just diving in. 300, we're here, and we're talking about the hard stuff. Right. We've built up to talking about difficult things like this. And we want to like start off by saying like there's typically between family and friends, there's nothing malicious about having to build these boundaries. Your friends and family are not trying to get you to spend out of malintent. There are so many reasons that people can try and get you to spend, and they are typically not bad. But it is hard to say no. And I love, we're only doing this article because I loved how robust it is. This is one of those articles where you Google something and you want to find the best content for to answer your questions. And then you want it to answer questions that pop up as you're reading it that you didn't know you had when you started. (laughs) And that's this article. And that's and it, it goes through everything that we wanted to cover. And so that's why we're only doing this one. But it starts with why is it so hard to say no? So If you're like sitting there and you're like, I'm a people pleaser, I already know it's hard for me to say no, then you acknowledge that about yourself. Maybe you don't yet know you're a people pleaser. Maybe we'll talk about it a little and you might see that in yourself. But 
even if you are not a people pleaser, it can still be really hard to say no when somebody invites you to a place that you don't want to go and it costs money. When family asks you to chip in for a gift that is really outside of your budget. And this happens like more than I like to see. But when someone in your family just like asks you for money because they see you're doing well and you know that they are struggling and that they really they need it, but you're not sure how they'll use it. You don't have any control over how they use it and you don't know if they'll use it well. So there are all of these factors that even if you are not a people pleaser can still make it really hard to say no and not you shouldn't say no 100% of the time. So it makes it hard to figure out when to say no. For some adults, the inability to say no stems from childhood. Children are taught to be polite and forthcoming, especially to parents. I think like we're always taught like honor your father and mother and pretty much do whatever they say, which is good and bad advice, I guess, when you're a toddler. But beyond that, it becomes a little messier. And then there's also issues around communication and self-assertion. So not all families will have the best communication. Not every personality is going to self-assert the same way. It says being raised to believe that saying no is bad makes it difficult for children to communicate their preferences. And for some people, this inability to speak up for themselves continues into adulthood. And then you've got things like imposter syndrome. So you feel like you're not good enough to be thinking the way that you're thinking. You're afraid they will think you're unable to perform your roles and responsibilities. So these are just a few reasons why it's hard to say no. Yeah, I think as I consider myself, I would not consider myself to be a people pleaser or unable to establish boundaries. But some of the areas that make it hard for me to say no is I don't want to miss out. I want all the things. So sometimes it's, uh, yeah, I, I want to do that. And I want to go have this fun time. And I want to have you in my home. And I want to, I want to, I want to. And then I say yes to all these things that seem really great. And then I realize my plate is really full. I should have maybe looked at that a little bit more and said no to some of these things. It just, you know, it kind of happened to me. Yeah, I feel similarly. I am definitely not a people pleaser. I love saying no. I say no very easily. That's like my first response. I say no and then I think about it and then maybe I'll say yes if I feel strongly. Especially with my mom, I feel like there are things where she wouldn't even ask and I would just like do things for her. It's just this weird like because I know she needs it. So, uh, yeah, it's just very... Oh, it's a complex situation. So and family complex. dynamics yeah. intersect with it. Absolutely. They're, I'm sure as people are listening, they're coming up with their own reasons of why it's hard. So I'm sure we only scratch the surface. But suffice to say, it can be very difficult. And so it also is not this super simple fix to then begin saying no, especially in the harder areas, right? Maybe it's easy to say no to cleaning the toilet when you don't feel like it, but it's not so easy to say no to going on 
an amazing vacation on the other side of the world. So like identify what your hard thing is to say no to. And this is where we really want to begin examining. And so particularly around finances, the sticky thing. But then the article goes into when you should say no. And again, this is going to be another area that's just scratching the surface. But I also want to say at this juncture, as we're talking about boundaries, one really simple way of defining boundaries is just identifying what is okay and what is not okay. I think we can make boundaries really, really complicated. And they are. And they're different for everybody. And there's many layers. And it's hard to stick to our boundaries or other people's boundaries. And sometimes we go overboard. But it's ultimately identifying what is okay and what isn't okay. That would coincide with our finances as well. What's okay for my financial situation? What's not okay for my financial situation? And then building out from there. But the article also adds that first, if you feel uncomfortable, if you've got a situation where for whatever reason you're having maybe a visceral reaction or you're not feeling completely safe with what's being asked or demanded or even what you're demanding of yourself. If something is coming onto your plate and you're feeling uncomfortable, that could be an indicator sign that, oh, this might be outside of the fence for me. This might be something that falls under the not okay. That doesn't mean that it's not okay for forever or it is wrong or immoral. It just might not be okay for you right now. Another reason to maybe say no is if you are feeling guilty or obligated. It's not a great reason to say yes, it just out of guilt or obligation. If that's the strongest thing that's happening for you, that's another indicator sign that this might be an opportunity to exercise your no. Another one, I couldn't resonate with this one more is when you're feeling overloaded or if you are actually overloaded might not just be with feelings when you've got a lot on your plate all of these things are gonna need to require a degree of knowledge about our life circumstances our seasons our capacities so again that's where all this kind of work and understanding and processing comes into place but if you're already overloaded and if we're talking about finances if every dollar that you're bringing in that month already has a place to go then your finances are overloaded or they are at capacity there is no more space for allocation of another dollar said a different way if saying yes to this thing means you have to go in debt for it you need to take out even just a small personal loan or borrow from next month or borrow from your grocery budget, that might be a good indicator sign that "Mm, this is outside of my capacity. This is not okay for my finances. They're overloaded. Of course, if the request crosses your own personal boundaries, if there is maybe something that is being asked or demanded or requested that is just outside of what you are personally comfortable with, that's a very clear indicator sign. This is an opportunity to say no. And the final thing that they list on here is that if you're only saying yes just to please someone else, that's another good opportunity to exercise a no. And I would even add that if the pendulum is swinging too far to 
it's only looking at what's in the best interest of this other person to the detriment of yourself. It is if it's only to say yes to them and they're the only ones benefiting, but you might be hurting yourself in that process. That's another good indicator sign. Of course, we're going to get to, okay, but then how? So I've identified this is probably an opportunity to say no, but then how? That's in our second part. But pay attention to these indicator signs. Learn what they are for you. They may not be fully on this list, but begin to think through, how do I know when something's not okay? And just begin to pay attention to that in yourself first before we're even going to move on to the next steps of how to interact with and set up these boundaries. Yeah, I feel like the guilt and obligation, those are the feelings that come up most when I spend outside of either what I've budgeted for or what I feel comfortable with. And this is especially true if you are in a season where all your friends are getting married. Like this can be so, 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 so real. And I think around the holidays, the guilt, obligation, and and especially overload, that's when those come up where we're trying to please our parents to come home for the holidays or to buy gifts for family members that we probably don't need to be. I feel like some of these come up more than than others, but I feel like they're also kind of mingled together too. And I didn't like, I don't really think about my personal boundaries or saying yes to please somebody. I think more about guilt and obligation (laughs) when I'm doing these. So yeah, there's a lot of different reasons where it could be the reason that you should say no in that time. Kind of listen to your gut, honestly. Listen to your gut because there could be some places where there's things that quote unquote obligations that you want to spend money on for the simple fact that it's an obligation, for the simple fact that it is there and it is a tradition and it is pointless, but you want to spend on it. And that's totally okay. That's again, like it's different for everyone what you're going to say no to. So listen to your gut. And if it's something that makes you squirmy, then that's probably a no. If it's something that you really want to do, then forget everything we just said and do it this one time. But at least you have the filters now to be able to filter your your thoughts through. And again, not everyone's out to get us. Not People aren't trying to make us broke. They just don't know all of the other demands that are happening, nor do they. I mean, no is a full sentence, We do not need to add reasonings behind it. Sometimes we choose to because it feels more kind to be able to do that. But the problem isn't primarily external. The problem is primarily or the issue or the thing to address is primarily internal of my own identification of what is and isn't okay for me rather than blaming everyone else for putting these things on us. People are just asking us, can you do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to be a part of this? And it's up to us to identify yes or no and then move forward in freedom out of whatever answer we've given. Mm, Yes. So before we move into the nuts and bolts of how to say no with kindness, just a few points on just to reiterate why it's important to say no, why it's important to build these 
boundaries. And so the first they state is do less to deliver more. And we say this all the time. When you focus on one thing at a time, then you can do it well. A lot of this stuff is n- does not mean you're going to say no forever. You may be focusing on one thing in this season, and that requires you to say no to certain things. And you can be honest. We'll go through this in the second part and, and the how, but you can be honest in saying, I can't in this season right now. They may not understand. They may not understand, and they don't have to. But when you're focusing on one thing at a time and you can be really honest, it says produce a higher quality of work. But, you know, for the purposes of personal finance, you will get your financial goals met faster and in the way that you want them to, not just arbitrary financial goals. The next is saying no can benefit your performance and career. So I think we're talking about family and friends, but so much of this is relevant for the workplace when you are training yourself to say no and build boundaries in your personal life, it will naturally follow through to your work life. So being assertive does pay off. It may not seem like that in every situation, but in the long run, it does pay off. Next is it's important for your mental well-being. We talk so much in our culture about mental wellness, mental health. And so this is one of those aspects, the practical aspects of preserving what the article says, mental fitness, but really just like mental well-being, mental clarity. So this is just one of the ways that you can preserve that. There's a long list, but I'll, I'll just go through a few more. It helps you prevent burnout. Because as my people pleasers, I love you. I love you so much, but you're so prone to burnout. I just see it in you all. And I, I like I know every single one of you. <laughs> you got enough on your plate. The be- there are beautiful people like in my life that are people pleasers. And it just a lot of the time on the edge of burnout. And I'm just like, my friend, my good friend. Say no. Say no. <laughs> Lay down good to pick up great. And that's if if it makes you feel like better, like you can say yes to better things if you say no to things that are not as great. So sometimes that helps. It may not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I see you and I don't want you to be burned out. I think that, though, comes with the deeper knowledge of what is great. What would this allow me to do as a result of saying no? Or what are the repercussions? Or And, and I think sometimes we just say yes because we've not even had the time to explore those questions that need to come before the no or the understanding of self that leads to the no. So there's work, again, that needs to be done before we can even enact that no. Yeah, that's so, so true. So the last one I'll go through is, I'll combine these, but saying yes can prevent you from achieving your personal goals. So that's like a big thing we're talking about. When you focus, when you choose one thing, and you say no to the things that aren't allowing you to focus, then you will be able to reach your personal goals faster. Will things come up that you need to say yes to that really can't be avoided that will you know, halt some progress to your personal goals? Always. 
those things always come up. But there are things in our control that we can say no to that will not derail us. Um, because the last one I'll talk about is is because of our capabilities, to be realistic about your capabilities. We were told you can do anything, anything you put your mind to. Just hustle and you can do it. You can be anything. That was a lie. It is a lie. <laughs> well, you might be able to, but you can't do everything. Right. I mean, and same thing with true. with money things like, sure, you could get yourself to a place of being able to get whatever you want, but you can't have everything. Yeah, I guess I uh, we're just more prone to want everything. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I want everything. And I guess the that's yacht, who I'm talking the private about. Yeah. I just yeah, have to the, say no, you know, like know, it's, right? it's a boundary thing. <laughs> it's not OK for me right now. <laughs> but your brain has capacities like it's got a limited capacity and that we underestimate that capacity a lot, but we also overestimate it a lot. There's like, there's no in between. We're either underestimating ourselves or overestimating ourselves. <laughs> and I don't know where the in between is. I don't know where the radical middle is. Estimating yourself accurately. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes we hit that it point. It seems impossible. Of estimating accurately. When you build boundaries, then you're better able to to do that, to say, this is what my capacity is in this season, and go a little bit under that so that if something pops up, you can say yes to it. If something great pops up, you can say yes to it. But always try and go a little under your capabilities. I think it's Building in that margin yeah. relationally and emotionally and mentally so that if something does come up that is a true, yes, I want to say yes to that, great, because you've said no to enough other things that you've got some margin and some space. Same thing with our finances. If we can build in margin and space, then it gives us the ability to say yes to some of the things so that the no doesn't just have to be because I don't have money for it, but the no is more so for the things that nah, I don't value that. I don't want to spend on that. But if something comes up that you do want to be a part of, you can have the space for it. That's the whole emergency fund and planning for for those maybe unexpected or or the long-term things you know are going to happen. And I want to be able to say yes to this and not only say no just because I don't have it. So then it goes into 10 different ways of how to say no. And of course, you're going to have to find the script that works for you. But a couple of things, and I will, I'll just list all of them off and maybe you can grab what works for you. But I want to define and highlight a couple of things about this list. It doesn't give an explanation. None of these answers give, an, give a, a prolonged drawn out and here's why and and I love that again not saying that we can't give a reason but no can be a full sentence and people may not understand we may upset or offend people but if we are confident in the reality that this is not a good decision for me then learning to carry the fact that you might not be thrilled with the fact that I just said no to you mhm yeah i so this list actually Makes me think of an Instagram reel I saw from Elise Myers. Do you know who that is, Jill? No. She has the podcast Funny Because It's True. And I guess she's known more for Instagram, but we know, I know podcasts more. So she's a people pleaser and her friend is, I think it's Miss Rachel. I don't know. She's like a children's YouTuber, but she's not like, she's not popular in our house. But 
Miss Rachel's like speaking in her like voice that she talks to the kids in, trying to teach Elise how to say no because she's like a super people pleaser. <laughs> That's awesome. And she's and so Elise is like, yes. And Miss Rachel's <laughs> like, no. And then Elise is like, she says something like, well, maybe, maybe later. Miss Rachel's like, no. And then, <laughs> and then she the last one's like, well, I'm I'm getting surgery at five, but maybe I can swing by later. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, gosh, like just absolutely cannot. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so this goes back and forth until finally she's just like, no. Just like really reluctantly. <laughs> so these this makes me think of that. But so if you are looking for ways, if that sounds like you and you're looking for ways to say no, these are really kind ways to say no that are full sentences. (laughs) So again, some really themes that go along with each of these ways of saying no, it doesn't place blame. It's not looking to the other person or the external source as being the reason for the no, but it takes ownership of the decision that's being made and it avoids long explanations. So if you're just kind of looking for some key things, and then you can fill out your own template. But here we go. Most of them start with I statements. As we know, most statements should as far as taking ownership of things. Sadly, I have something else going on. Or I have another commitment. Or I wish I were able to. Or I'm afraid I can't. Or I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. Or I'm honored you asked me, but I simply cannot. Or thanks for thinking of me. However, I'm not able to. Or I'm sorry, I'm not able to fit this in. Or unfortunately, I already have plans. Maybe next time. Or no thank you, but it sounds lovely. Mm. One of the things that's important for me is to make sure that I'm not lying or even fibbing in the way that I'm doing this. So, you know, unfortunately, I already have plans. If I don't already have plans, this is my own personal, like, moral code. I just, I won't say that. It's just maybe more of the no, thank you, but it sounds lovely. Again, if we're talking financial decisions, these things easily fit in. No, I'm not able to go out with you for dinner. No, I'm not able to split that gift with you. No, I'm not able to... Sometimes, and we're going to have to assess this for ourselves, there could be a no but if we can identify something else that makes it more feasible for us. I'm remembering one of our debt-free stories, uh, Frugal Friends podcast YouTube channel, debt-free stories. There was a teacher who was describing a gift where all the teachers were chipping in for a gift for another teacher and she's in her debt payoff journey. And so she did that. No, but no, I'm not able to chip in the $10 that you're asking. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's just not a part of where I'm choosing to allocate my finances. But I'll make the card. I'll gather everyone's money. I will wrap. I will you know, do the more laborious things. I'll write the card. I'll give it to her, whatever it is, but I'm not able to commit to this. So that's a great example of finding an alternative, negotiating, finding what's feasible and comfortable for you at that time. Like I'll accept the money and then go buy the gift with the money because some people just don't have time. Right. I love, but is like the magic word. And none of these, right? (laughs) And none of these 
involve talking about money either. So if money isn't something that you want to necessarily bring up to the people that you're responding to, like you don't want to really dive into your debt payoff or investing or or whatever uh, money saving journey. None of these involve like, sorry, it's not in my budget or I can't afford it. No, that's I mean, none of you don't have to say that. You can just say, I don't have the bandwidth or no, thank you. It sounds lovely. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So very few people will ask you why. Your family might ask you why. Mm-hmm. Your close friends might ask you why. Yeah. <laughs> and those are maybe the people that you're less likely to say no to as well. But the people that probably you should be saying no to are probably also not going to ask for follow up. You know, I think that that is one of the biggest issues, though, with saying no is the the reality that those who you're saying no to won't understand or appreciate or value the no. And that's just a reality. I think we have to be okay with that. And I think that's what can help us clearly define how confident we are in the no, because if it means that the other person's not going to understand that I'm just going to backtrack on my no, then then that totally derails all of our boundaries because all that means is we don't know how to stick to our boundaries. So it, only saying no on the things that we know we can truly stick to no means no. And if no doesn't mean no, then that's a deeper exploration that we need to look at. Why does my no not mean no? And does it mean that I just am not that committed to it? It's actually not important for me to keep it a no? Or am I so swayed by the opinions of others or their disappointment, whether real or perceived? And that's why I'm not able to stick to my no. And there's some deeper background work that can happen there. It can happen. You're not doomed. Absolutely. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. So now that you have 10 different ways to say no, here are some helpful tips on how to practice these phrases. Because you want to just sit in the mirror and say no to yourself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that. No? No. Okay. Uh, But 
it does say many of us could use a helping hand when it comes to being more assertive. And definitely even assertive people, there are people who they have a hard time being assertive with. Mm -hmm. And those are usually the people they need to be more assertive with. So it does help to kind of practice like learning how to say no can be a lifelong journey, but you got to start somewhere. And these are the places to start. So the first one is to practice saying no, maybe like not in your mirror. Practice on the easy things, just like anything mm-hmm. else. We we first say no to the things in our spending that are easy to get rid of because they're not actually that important. The subscriptions we just forgot about. We practice decluttering in the easiest part of the house first. Same thing here. Start saying no to the things that are easy to say no to, that that you should say no to. We're not yes. like letting go of important responsibilities. Yes. Um, the next is to be clear so that you don't have to say it twice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be clear the first time. And that comes down to like being assertive. The clearer you are about saying no, the better they'll respond. Because to be unclear is to be unkind because you're leaving things up for interpretation for them. They're wondering, they're not sure if you said yes or no. They're thinking, oh, you're the type of person to say yes. I'll just think they said yes. And then you said no. And then it becomes awkward. So be clear. It's going to be much better than being unclear, much more kind. I love this one. Express gratitude for being asked. I know sometimes we want to say yes as an expression of gratitude, like, oh, I'm honored they would just ask me. I'm so glad to just be included. But you can say that with your words and not with your wallet. You can express gratitude verbally without having it cost you money. Take time to make an informed decision. So if it's very hard for you to say no, Don't say no immediately, but also don't say yes immediately. Just say, oh, give me a a few days. I have a lot on my plate right now, and I will let you know. And if they're saying, oh, no, I need an an answer from you right this second, then that answer is going to be no, because that's never a good sign. Allow that indecision to be a decision. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is is never a good sign. (laughs) So, yeah, just be honest and say, I need time to make an informed decision. So the the next several ones are just reiterating, like, don't beat around the bush. Be assertive but respectful. And this one, here we go. This one's big. And I actually just experienced this one with somebody. Understand the power of influencing tactics. And so, again, people don't always use these influencing tactics maliciously, but they have learned over time that they work, and so they use them. So they are strategies used to engineer a specific outcome or a specific response. And so when you gain a better understanding of how influencing tactics work, and that would be an entirely different podcast episode, yeah, Yeah. then you can make your decision more confidently and more assertively. So like I was recently in a situation where I ended a subscription to like a professional organization and the person, the leader of it, used influencing tactics to try and get me to stay. And I knew what those were. So I was able to recognize them and say, no, I'm going to go with the decision I made. And I'm confident in the decision I made. But 
he was using some really good influencing tactics. Well, and that that can start with you being really confident in your no from the beginning, that you had thought it through, you had taken your time, you knew what was going to be best for you. So it makes it all the easier to stick to your original answer when that happens. Yeah. And sometimes these tactics can be manipulative, but they aren't always. Somebody thinks that it is in your best interest to spend this money. They really think they're helping you. They're not doing it to manipulate you. But you need to know how people are influencing you so you can tell the difference. And the article wraps up. I'm just going to go through it briefly because it's a little bit of a reiteration of the beginning portion, but how to decide when to say no. Again, asking ourselves questions like, do I actually have the time, energy, capacity to do this? That's going to require us to create a pause, not having our instant answer to be yes, but valuing yourself enough to at least give yourself space to consider and process, am I able to do this? Is it okay? And also consider, you know, it, am I being used or valued? Does saying no to this mean I can't say yes to something more important? Is this going to take up space for me that then I have no more margin? And if something else pops up, I'm not able to give to that. Or I love this last question that we can ask ourselves. What would need to change about this in order to make it a yes? That goes back to that no, but, which is also a possibility for us. What would need to change to make it a yes? Again, that's going to require a bit of a pause and understanding of ourselves, our circumstances, what we want, and then be able to potentially negotiate something within the midst of it. No, I don't want to go out to the restaurant with you, but do you want to come over? I got some leftovers. (laughs) That sounds appetizing. Yeah. You know what else sounds appetizing? That is always a yes. Doesn't nothing needs to change about it to be a yes. Uh, Because we've made margin for this yes. And this is our 300th yes to it. (laughs) The The bill of the week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Hey, Jen and Jill. My name is Shannon and I've been listening to the podcast for a few months now. My bill of the week is my cable internet bill. When I last negotiated my bill a couple of years ago, my quote-unquote special price lasted for two years. This expired recently, so my bill went from $80 up to $100. Your podcast motivated me to call the company, and all I had to do was ask for a lower price. They not only lowered it, but reduced it to $70, so now I'm paying even less than I was previously. Thanks for keeping me motivated to look for these easy ways to save. Girl, yes. What? Yes. What? I've never heard of that before, Shannon. Like, maybe they keep you at your rate or they only raise it by $5. But to go $10 less than what you were even previously paying for the past two years is insane. You heard it here first. You can no longer say it never happens. (laughs) Oh, yes. I can't say that anymore. 
Wow. Choosing to just take a little bit of time out to call. This is one of the best bills, I think, to negotiate. I don't know what internet companies are doing out there, but there's always wiggle room. So here it is. Yep. Phone, internet. Shannon's encouraging all of us to just call and see what you can do. Lower that bill. Mm, What a great 300th bill. (laughs) Yes. Oh. Oh, man. Three. Hundred. I'm so glad that listening to us is what made you do that. Yes. Oh, man. Inspired you to do that. Thank you, Shannon. Your best yes. Thanks, Shannon. If you all are listening and feeling inspired by us in this 300th episode or inspired by Shannon because she's our frugal friend or just inspired by your own self out there slaying some sort of bill, submit your bill of the week to com slash bill. Oh, you guys, we're not done yet. 300 bills. We want another 300 more. You know us. We're just over here thirsty Mm. for some bills. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. And now it's time for... The Lightning Round! Oh, wow. You had 300 episodes worth of energy in that i i don't think we started the lightning round until we didn't a little later it's probably still like episode 10 but something i have to go back in the archives and see when the lightning round started but it definitely wasn't planned like the bill of the week was planned before we started the podcast the lightning round came to be much to my chagrin but i have made it into something that i enjoy (laughs) so It's our vulnerability round. Vulnerability (sighs) lightning round. I made it the lightning round. Jen made it vulnerability. And I couldn't entirely say no. I was worn down because my no wasn't strong enough. You were worn down because I make the outlines. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And the questions are here. And now they just have to be answered. So today's lightning round, how have you said no to your family or friends in order to stay within your budget? And what was your approach? Okay, you go first. This might be a little bit of a controversial story, but it will hopefully give some 
encouragement to women who are in that season of life where everybody around them is getting married. So I'm not the type of friend people ask to be in their wedding for some reason. (laughs) And this is probably why. When my husband and I were paying off our debt, we had just gotten married. So this is my one of my best friends. I got married in October and she got married in March. Like we got married very close together. And so and we were in each other's weddings and I made sure that everything about my wedding was very affordable for all of my bridesmaids. The only thing I regret is that I, for some reason, required them all to have the same dress. And I was like, why did I do that? I was like, you can pick what it is. I just wanted you all to be the same. And uh, I don't care anymore. So that was really the only thing where they had to, like, spend money. Also, they... We all bought the same shoes, but just because they were like good shoes and they were like 40 bucks and we all love the shoes. That was not a mistake. The shoes were good. <laughs> the shoes are never a mistake. The shoes were never a mistake. They were flats. They were one of those things where you say, you you can, you know, wear it after the wedding. The shoes are things we all, we all wore the shoes after the wedding. The dresses never wore. Trash fire. Trash fire. So I was really cognizant of that. And then my friend... Who, not my friend getting married, but my friend who's in both of our weddings. My friend that got married after me, she has tastes that are a little more elevated than me. We will oh, say that. Refined. Refined. Mm. And so my friend who was planning all the festivities, she really like ran with that. So everything she planned was like very expensive. <laughs> like I don't even think it was the bride that was planning these things. You know, it was our fellow friend. And so this is what, this was my limit. I didn't complain about anything until the bridal shower. She rented out a venue for the bridal shower. And then after the fact was like, okay, you all owe me, gosh, what was it? Like 200 bucks for the venue rental for the bridal shower. And I was like, excuse me, it's a bridal shower. I mean, we're going to pay for her trip like, Cross the country for a bachelorette party. Like, I'm down for that. We're paying for, like, all of these dresses and shoes. Dresses, again, never wore. Actually, I think I went to a masquerade ball and I did wear that dress again. So one other time I wore that dress. So, like, all these things I had no problem paying for. But a venue rental for a bridal shower. That wasn't agreed upon, right? Right. Like, it wasn't this wasn't agreed talked upon. about ahead of time. Nope. We were told after the fact. That's never a good scenario for me either. Like we have got to communicate early Nobody on. Nobody was consulted. Nobody was consulted. No one gets to make decisions for my money except for me. Yeah. And so I told her, this is not in my budget right now. There are a lot of other things that I have budgeted for, but this is not one of them. And this was even before you were a frugal friend. Oh, this was, yeah, this was 2016. Just a little baby Jen practicing her I boundaries. Was. Baby, <laughs> I was. And so I did put in $100 instead of 200 How did that go over? You've probably never talked to her or seen her no, again. She's we probably still, still talking friends. about you on oh her gosh, podcast. No. no. This girl. We are still friends. Whoa. But she had to understand, like... There are not unlimited budgets. And I actually talked to another bridesmaid years later who was also super pissed, but she didn't say anything. 
So she paid the 200. So this is a tough thing because oftentimes the whole wedding scene is happening for those in their younger years. And that's often where we're still learning adulthood and how to even identify for ourselves what isn't isn't okay. And so it just is this really awful <laughs> convergence of expensive things while we're still kind of learning how do we say no and still feel like we can keep friends and value one another. And it's really difficult. But if I could highlight one thing in this, it's communicate as early as possible when it comes to these weddings. Hopefully we can see it coming and begin to identify, all right, who's going to be the one planning it? And if we especially know I've got some boundaries here to be talking with that person of what are we thinking? I don't want to find myself in a situation where now I'm obligated to pay something that we've not communicated about. And so being as as assertive and as involved early on, clearly communicating what you are able to do and give And if you can't give anything, then you might not be able to commit to being in or a part of that wedding. Yeah. But like, ultimately, I did want to participate in everything. I knew she had bougie tastes, but I also knew that she was going to marry this guy like a year before they got engaged. You know, like I saw it coming, but like bridal showers are supposed to take place at somebody's house. Okay. And then you get a Chick-fil-A nugget tray and maybe some small sandwiches. You know, that's a bridal shower to me. So (laughs) that was outside of my values. That's just a tough one. And it wasn't communicated beforehand. And that was the thing. If it had been communicated months in advance, I would have done it out of obligation, but I would have been happy to do it out of obligation. Because you would have known. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jill? Okay. So the original question, how have you said no to your family or friends in order to stay within your budget, what was your approach? Okay, yes, I often say no. (laughs) (laughs) Jill and I don't have any problem saying no. We have really high boundaries. And we just, we have a relationship with each other on the other side of our walls. And we kind of just, we have a little tin can and a string where we talk to each other behind our walls. We say no to each other. We also (laughs) say yes. And then how much more freedom in the yes? Because we know it's a full on yes. And neither of us is offended when the other says no. Because we're like, that's fine. I get it. So I will say, I think we are in a unique, if we're going to talk a little bit about privilege, unique situation (laughs) where we have a finance podcast. So no one is surprised if I am so on top of my money decisions and saying yes or no to different things because it's like, well, yeah, that's like your thing. We're definitely not perfect, though. No, 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 no. We're not perfect. But there are some things that we've just... We're just like good at. Stay tuned for the after show if you want examples <laughs> of my imperfection. <laughs> oh, yes. But I love to collect all of the things. I don't love saying no to the things that I really want to do. So I often will look for like a win win. My no is often a no, but where I want to negotiate or find an al- like a workable alternative that feels like a win-win for both of us. So for example, and I've got plethoras of examples. This is a recent one. My 
sister and her kids and my brother-in-law are all coming down to Florida. They're going to Universal for the entire week. They said, you're welcome to come down, join us for the whole week if you want. Obviously, that means we're getting our own Universal tickets. We'd be getting our own hotel. And I say, no, but I'll join you for a day. I'll buy a universal ticket for a day because I know that that's reasonable for me and my budget. And also just like my values. I don't value an entire week at universal. I value universal one day's worth of fun in the hot, hot sun. And that's my win-win negotiation. No, but. Yay. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys, for Maybe you're just joining us for the first time. Maybe you've been with us for a few months, or maybe you've been with us for 300 hours. If you have, I mean, make yourself known. If you have, send us an email. I'm going to send you a bumper sticker. Not even if you haven't been with us for all 300 hours. If you're, I mean, if you're an OG and uh, you can tell us what what episode the lightning round started in, (laughs) you can tell us when the lightning round started, I will personally mail you a bumper sticker. So thanks so much for listening. Many of you know we have a membership for our listeners, whether you've been with us a few months or a few years. For anyone paying off debt or trying to reach a specific financial goal quickly, we do monthly money challenges to keep you motivated. Our members create accountability groups. We have an open accountability group for everyone every month. And we want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This one's from Allie. She says, prescription win. Y'all, I have been on this crazy expensive medicine for years, usually found a way around paying the total price for it. But this time, it looked like I was stuck paying $1,500 for 90 days of medication after insurance. I called my doctor and told them I can't afford it. When I told them the price, the nurse actually sounded disgusted. She said, that's ridiculous. Never pay more than 50 for a prescription like this. There are plenty of options. And then they switch me to a very similar one that is way less. I think sometimes the doctors don't even know how insane some of these prices are until you tell them. Always tell them. This is a personal win for me. Took a lot of stress off of me this year. Oh, Hallie, I'm like almost close to tears on this one because I feel like it's also really highlighting the boundary lines with finances. And this took courage. I think for many of us, we don't want to admit, you know, there's something stigmatized about saying this is outside of my financial capacity. And she just called and talked to someone and then was able to change it drastically just by being able to identify this is not okay for me. This would be a no, but yet I still want to care for myself Is there an alternative here? Well done. Yeah, this is just another example of taking 30 minutes once or twice a month to make a call and just see, just check it out. See if you can get a lower rate on your cable or internet. See if this is the prescription you have to be on. You don't know what you don't know. And just taking maybe one lunch hour a month to maybe explore to be curious about what you don't know can really save you some money. So congrats, Allie. Well done, Allie. And thank you all for listening. If you want to check out this membership where people like Allie are slicing and dicing medical bills and we have courses and interviews and challenges, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. You can check it out, see if it's a good fit for you. 
We'll see you next time. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. So another meal kit was delivered to my house yesterday. We started our conversation this way and I was like, hold on, let's record the episode <laughs> and then you can tell me about need to get this on the podcast. How another <laughs> meal kit just happened to show up on your door. Another. I know. It happened to me. Like I'm helpless and defenseless to <laughs> And I'm like, is iHeart sending deliveries. you things? Like No. 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 They're... No, iHeart doesn't send us things. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they do. So it's just like not meal kits. It's just like yet. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think I had said this on a previous episode. I got this mailer in the mail about every plate and their deal that they were offering. And I thought to myself, that's a real good deal. And it was. I ordered five meals for four people, even though it's just Eric and I. They don't know. They're not questioning. I'm thinking, I can make these meals. I'll have leftovers. They're freezable. I picked meals that could be freezable. So that essentially becomes 10 meals for us. Free delivery, $60. I'm like, that's going to last me for two weeks. That's way less than my grocery bill is going to be. And there's like no food waste and it's convenient. Yes, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to cancel it. Well, so <laughs> I did that. Oh, no. I got all the food. Oh, such great food. I'm not being paid by every plate to say this. I'm just telling you like my half frugal fail, half frugal win. I don't know. You decide that that happened. Then, then I was on top of it. I went in and I paused it. Now, I could have canceled, but I did just make the decision to pause it because I'm like, even the next delivery still has a discount and I might want that. It's a crazy, hectic season of life and the meal plan already being established for me, the groceries already being bought, and the inexpensive amount that it is, maybe I'll unpause it. Okay. Well, then I didn't realize that if you unpause it for one week, it automatically unpauses itself, picks the meals for you, and just delivers it to your house. I had the thought in my head, like, maybe that's going to happen. So I went in and checked. But by the time I went in and checked, like a week and a half later, it was like, your box is arriving today. Nothing to be done about it. Just the box is here. Now, Jen, this has happened to me twice now. Oh, (laughs) So then after I got that box, I was like, okay, I freeze stuff. None of it has gone to waste, mind you. None of it has gone to waste because I refuse to have any level of food waste. Figured out how to freeze it, went away on vacation, hit the pause button, and then forgot how long a week was, went back to be like, okay, do I, how do I pause it again for another week? And it was like, your meal kit's arriving tomorrow, which at this point was yesterday. (laughs) But I hadn't gone grocery shopping. So it's not as if I have now too much extra. And really, I'm like, this is actually good because I have back-to-back guests in February. We only have two days of February without guests. 
meaning people aren't just coming for weekends anymore. They're coming for long weekends, overlapping each other sometimes. So I'm like, I might continue to let this happen to me because it's enough food for more than just Eric and I. I don't have to think about going grocery shopping. It's less money than we would spend going out with all of these guests. I'm not saying I made the best decision, but I'm not saying that I'm mad about it. But next week, I'll cancel. Next week, I will cancel. I won't do this pause game. I'll cancel it because you know what? Linda's coming. Oh, my gosh. Linda's coming. We all know what that means. Yeah, you better cancel. <laughs> my mother-in-law's here when she's Linda here. Linda will be offended if you don't cancel. She is better than any meal kit delivery. I'm just going to let the people decide how to <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the worst decision I could make. I will cancel it because the thing that I don't like about these meal kit deliveries is the packaging. It reduces food waste, but it doesn't reduce other kinds of waste. I do all of the recycling that I can. This is not a good long-term solution, but it is helpful for me when I'm in seasons of chaos and I've got back-to-back and overlapping guests like, I'm not mad about it, but it did okay. kind of happen okay. to me. It wasn't an incredibly intentional decision. I will admit I'm that. I'm going to say it did not happen to you, <laughs> but I will say a win is a win. Thank you. It's a win for me. It's a win for every plate. I wish they gave us a promo code. Actually, do I have a promo code? Nah. I don't know. I'm too no. lazy. No, you don't. No, no more every plate for you. No, no. <laughs> We're done. No more. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 